This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. Hey, do we say Scoop? Yeah, say Scoop. it. And Scoop. very special guest, Tina Amini, is joining us for the uh, first first appearance on Gamescoop. First Scoop. And uh, she joins us as our new editorial manager. Uh, she comes from Kotaku, more recently Mashable, and she's going to be here in our San Francisco office leading up our games team. So it's awesome to have you here. Thank We're you. We're awesome stoked to be here. Me too. Mm-hmm. Now I know you don't like the uh, favorite game question, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's hard to choose just one. Absolutely. So instead, tell us the first game you remember playing. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Um, well, I guess the first one that I remember playing in like a really big, meaningful, impactful way um, was in a multiplayer sense uh, because I spent a lot of time playing games with uh, my brothers and my cousins. We grew up sure. not being allowed to own consoles ourselves. Ooh, oh, no. So yeah, now I write about video games every day. Um, <laughs> Take so, that. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we had access to like what our cousins had and together as a group, we would play a lot of GoldenEye together. Yeah. So I have a lot of good like family memories associated with it. Have you tried to play GoldenEye recently? It's bad. <laughs> it's horrible. It does not it's really hold up. And like the controls, we just moved on from that type of controlled mm-hmm. game. It's so weird to play. I couldn't believe it. At the time it. it made a lot of sense, but oh, totally. yeah, now yeah. it's just like, yeah. what? How did we live this way? That's a really vivid, I think this video is live on IGN, but I have a really vivid memory of like four years ago where I was doing, we were doing the top 125 Nintendo games and I yeah. had the completely stupid in hindsight idea to do a let's play of each one. Oh, right, yeah. And it's impossible to figure out how to like capture an N64, but we, we worked through all that. 
And like me and Tim Getty sent some people like it's gonna be so fun. We're gonna do we're gonna play Goldeneye. <laughs> and then like I think in real time in that let's play, you can hear us be like, Oh boy, I don't know what's going on. This is running at eight frames per second, and the you're moving the reticle around the screen and it's awful. Yeah, it's tough to play today. But uh man, back in yeah, that was definitely a, a phenomenon. Back in the day, did you play Perfect Dark also? I did, but not as much not of a fan. Much, yeah. yeah, we we just happened to play more Goldeneye. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, all right, well, we do have a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about a little bit more about Monster Hunter World. Uh, we have updated sales data on that. We're going to talk about uh, platformers. A listener needs some help getting into platformers. But first, Far Cry Five is imminent. It's out this month, and I was already on board. Big Far Cry fan ever since three. Played three, four, and Primal. I think Primal is a little underappreciated. Uh, but now this week they announced Far Cry 5 is going to include something called the Far Cry 5 Arcade, mm-hmm. which is its uh, map editor. And I, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that I had no idea Far Cry 3 and 4 had a map editor. <laughs> even though I played through both no, those games. I was games. just talking to John Ryan about this before uh, the show, and he did our preview for the arcade. So yeah. he just played some of it. And he was like, well, actually, like this is, I, I was like, have you seen the editor itself? He's like, not really, but this is what it will probably look like. And he showed me Far Cry 4's editor, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, that exists. There, you can like place buildings and do all this stuff, and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know why I missed it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, did you guys even use the mat, the, the editors in, in any of the recent no. Far Cry's? No, I haven't either. And I think maybe Ubisoft was aware that it was an underutilized feature that was kind of like, yeah, uh, a little bit. So they put pirates the in it, and now we're all. But they're going crazy <laughs> with it now. That's the thing is that uh, the the editor is still included, and we will no longer be limited to assets just from Far Cry Five. You can use assets from other Ubisoft properties. Like well, and <laughs> and there's like you can basically make you know mini games with those. Yeah. It's more structured. I think it's like you know like one thing will be like just get from this area to this area. But if you can build this crazy obstacle course with every part from these games, it's completely insane. Yeah. You can drop in the hippos from Assassin's Creed and <laughs> drop in the guns from yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's got Splinter Cell stuff in it. No, but, it's like, not Splinter Cell. It is um, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Unity. Watchdogs, but just the first Watchdogs. Yeah, not not Watchdogs two, and then Far Cry's four, Primal, and of course five. That's absolutely so. You wild. can you can have like the saber tooth tigers from Cave Bears, Primal, and the Cave Yetis. Bears. Yetis. Yeah. There's well. Yetis. Mm-hmm. Are there? Yeah. <laughs> There's some Martian arachnids. There's like woolly mammoths. Yeah. Gonna be in there too. Oh it's boy. insanity, oh, <laughs> or it's gonna be. Yeah. I love me. That's what like Mastodons. I think. I, I feel like we need to give like this weekend or something. We should re-promote our preview of arcade because it was like, oh, Far Cry Five arcade is crazy. It was like a headline or something like that. And I'm like, if yeah. you didn't understand like the context for like what this is and how wild it is, like you wouldn't even know, you know? Like, yeah. So then you can use all these assets to build sort of bite-sized experiences that you get to share with the community. They can be either single-player, cooperative, or up to twelve-player PvP maps, skirmishes. Uh, I don't know. It sounds awesome. Like it's like. I was already on board with Far Cry 5, but now this is just an added incentive. I got to say, I've been given tools to make video games yeah. several times before and yeah. never use them. But it's yeah. nice to like see what the community's doing and, and hop in and do that. Yeah. Playing other playing, games. That's what yeah. I did mo- mostly with Mario Maker. Exactly. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't touch plan. the editor, but I did yeah. play like everybody else's levels mm-hmm. that were super popular. And Nintendo popular. would make them too, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, I know what they're doing. And that's what I look forward to, because yeah. like, I know at the preview event... They played like, um, like basically a horror game. Yeah, that was like get through this mansion, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it had traps and stuff. And uh, you know, I'm kind of interested to see what Ubisoft does with that more than I am 
what people do with it. That's what that's when you see, I mean, not that people at home can't have incredible ideas and it's nice to have tools that let them realize them, but the, tools like this show you why game design is an actual skill and totally. discipline that can sure. be developed over time where <clears throat> everyone has access to the same tools, but then the professionals come up with these amazing, original, you know, ridiculous ideas. And then the guy at home is just like, you know, janky and kind of terrible half the time. Yeah. So like Far, the Far Cry series has the outposts, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of my favorite part of the game. It's so much like uh, gear or something. Phantom Pain infiltration. Yeah, you know, survey uh, mm-hmm. an outpost, gather your intel, and then infiltrate it. You can either try to be stealthy or just go in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Like those instances are kind of my favorite part of the game, and that you'll be able to build those using assets from all these other different Ubisoft properties. Great, just yeah. hundred more outposts, never-ending outposts. Yeah. I've always said if they just made Far Cry Outposts, I'd play that game. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Um, um, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, I, don't know, I lost my Well, point. I think the map editor was a little bit hidden in uh, previous games, which is maybe why I never even noticed it. Now it's actually built into the campaign. You can just walk up to an arcade cabinet within uh, the town. What is it? Hope County. I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, the problem in a lot of these games, not all of them, is the curation, right? It's just like, yeah. here are 10,000 levels and ideas. And like, sometimes it's sort of half-hearted, you know, sorting or voting up or editor's choice. But like, that's like a non-trivial detail. Like you have to put the best stuff in front of people and have mechanisms to, to surface the best things. Um, that was why I could never get into Little Big Planet is they didn't go far enough and like just give me a curated list of like 10 or 20 things that I have to experience this week. Yeah. Or if somebody you know liked it that you could find it easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way it can be exciting because like you know you'll have the, the top level stuff the stuff that everyone's playing but then mm-hmm. like a month down the line you're like wait this thing was created like weeks ago and I had no idea and like yeah. it's creating like this air, this situation where the shelf life of the game is just more extended because of that which yeah. is cool. So Sam, do you realize while you're playing Far Cry 5, there's going to be arcade cabinets around the town, and yeah. you just walk up to one, and that's how that you cool. access this arcade. Yeah. And it's just pretty cool. It has its own progression system, too, uh, where you, you earn money and skill points that you use in Far Cry 5's story mode. But you can't cheat, allegedly. Not, no, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's not, yeah. Yeah, you can't just create a level where you get a bunch of money. Oh, that's Hopefully yeah. they put plans. Oh, man. Because you know that's the that. first thing people are going to try to do. It's always the thing where, like, you know, one level unlocks all the achievements or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's so smart. I think Little Big Planet had stuff like yep. this. Like go in there and, and you just do this yep. one move over and over again because it let you. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Exploitation, <laughs> yay. I like that always. <laughs> they they fixed that uh Mario Odyssey glitch. The exploit. No. It's really good. If you guys oh. didn't know, Damon cheated yeah. real bad. Oh, I cheated hardcore. In Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, beat the last level. He just skipped it by floating through space as a little froggy. Yeah. Aww. It was great. It was possible at the time. Now it's not. It's been patched. I also think it's cool, you know, so Far Cry 5 set in Hope County, Montana, the whole campaign's there, but then adding all these assets from these other games totally switches up the setting of the game. And, yeah, to get existential about it for a second, like, I, a lot of times I like to think about games as, like, these meaningful experiences, stuff that gets me thinking, but then I'm like, wait a minute, video games are also wacky and fun, yeah. and we can just, like, mess around in a situation where it's, like, makes absolutely no sense that there are alien, like, Martian arachnids hanging out and that I'm fighting. Yeah. yeah, I Although think Far Cry tries to walk that line, and, and it's not good at the serious stuff. Like sometimes it's tried to add stories with like kind of deeper themes, and I don't think it's very good at that. That's why I like the Blood Dragon stuff a mm-hmm. lot more. Yeah. You know? yeah, there's definitely a precedent in the series for that kind of thing, so mm-hmm. it's it's a really good fit. Yeah. yeah. Although, it, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say Far Cry Five in particular does kind of seem to be trying to have its cake and eat it too by being yeah. crazy and over the top, but also I don't know. They need to make up their mind about whether are they making a statement about America or are they just making yeah. a silly game. Yeah. Like, they say they're not, but yeah. It does look like a lot of fun to play, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. Uh, Do you know? Ding it too hard. Will the DLC be this? Is it going to be part of arcade? Like I, 
Well, there, you know that with the season pass, there's these three different yeah. sort of mini campaigns. One's with aliens, one's with zombies, mm-hmm. one's in Vietnam, I think. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I have not seen any of that. That's well, another thing. And they're all Blood Dragon, right? Not, they're not blood dragon. They're not like branded blood dragon. Oh, I thought they were for some reason. Or like the Vietnam one was or something like that. I don't think so. Anyway. Like yeah, that's what the season pass is. This, the additional content is these other scenarios with aliens, zombies, and... I have some reading up to do. Yeah. I don't know what day that broke. I completely missed it. That was a while back. Yeah. Anyway, Far Cry 5 is out pretty soon. March 27th. I'm into it. Anyone else into it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. There's nothing else to play. You have <laughs> to be month. into it. Be into it. Well, you have one month from then uh, until God of War is out, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, it is Sea of Thieves and Nino Kuni 2 are actually at that same time. And then um, what's the the, t- the co-op game? Way Away way oh, Out? Oh, way out. Is, yeah. yeah. That one is only supposed to be about five hours or so, right? Mm-hmm. So, MLB so The Show. I know MLB you're the a show. massive fan of eh? The Show. Yeah. It's a good baseball game. I'm sure it is. I'm sure baseball <laughs> games are fun to play. RBI I'll baseball. Try I'll try anything. Yeah, RBI baseball is fun. I like the one where you played as a robot on the NES. Space Wars. Space Wars, yeah. All right, moving on. Monster Hunter World uh, has, has had a very impressive debut. Capcom says that since it has shipped 7.5 million copies of Monster Hunter World, it is its best-selling game ever mm-hmm. in the company's history. 38 years. Uh, but Sam doth protest well, I claim. think when you said that to me, this has happened before. We talked about this with Capcom numbers before. And I can't remember what it was. But we, we on GameScoop, yeah. we went over the Monster Hunter sales, and they claimed it was like their best-selling series. I thought it was Resident Evil. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, whatever the right. context was, like, I don't believe it. I don't, because I know Street Fighter 2 has sold more copies than that. Street and Fighter 2 has sold at least 14 million copies, but that's including, like, Street Fighter 2 Turbo. All right, so the conversation's over. Okay. <laughs> no, my, I guess, so the idea there is that, you know, conversation, well, Turbo and Championship Edition and all this other stuff are, like, games that have one or two more characters in them. But I think today, generally, nobody would know if you said Street Fighter 2, which version you mean, or which mm-hmm. one you're talking about. In the office here, when everybody is obsessed with video games and history and stuff, they'll say, like, only Turbo, or something like that. But, like, the general public, they don't care which Street Fighter 2 they're playing. That's yeah. all Street Fighter 2. You know? okay. And so I don't see what the difference is with adding all those up. Well, would you at least agree that if, if Street Fighter 2 has sold 14 million copies over, however, 25 years, 30 mm-hmm. years, and... Monster Hunter World sells half that in a month. Yeah. Some change. It's definitely impressive, although I'm pretty sure that Street Fighter 2, again, sold exactly <laughs> that amount in that same amount of period, yeah. or in the same period when it came out, too. Did they give any qualifications, like within a timeline or like 2018? Uh, no, this, they, well, Capcom is calling it. it would. There is a big qualification there. They, they're giving us ship numbers, not sold numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's different, too. There's always mm-hmm. that. There is that, although, of course, uh, it, they're not going to ship more copies than they think they can sell. So if we're giving them the benefit yeah, of the Yeah, the backstory right. behind that is that uh, companies ship uh, games to stores and then we buy them. So there's two different numbers, right? The amount they ship out and the amount they buy. It sounds like it would be the same, but uh, there's actually buybacks. It's really strange. If they uh, don't sell, yeah. Yeah, if a game just, uh, like, honestly, I bet Battlefront 2 is a, a scenario in which a lot more Battlefronts were probably made than people, you know, than, than, than they sold because there was a lot of backlash and hmm. we saw the sales numbers when it came out. They're a little bit low. So that means that uh, if, you know, they can either stay on store shelves or or they can be bought back at a, at a, they can make a little bit of the money back for their purchase by selling them back to EA. Yeah. It's crazy. 
And then I think the last time we were talking about this, it's because uh, Resident Evil 5, Capcom was saying that was its best-selling game ever. That's what I was going to ah, say. That okay. was where I was going with this. Mm -hmm. Surely a Resident Evil game sold more than 7.5 million copies? It doesn't. <laughs> I am suspicious. Yeah, well, then you I think th about I, across had, all the HD versions of Resident Evil 4, for instance, <clears throat> stuff like that. I don't know. It's just surprising. And I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, like, this is a big launch for a worldwide. I mean, they were, it was yeah. like a worldwide one-day launch, too, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. To, Which is important. To get over sort of the semantic argument. Yeah, it's really wonderful to see Monster Hunter be bigger than ever and so many new people enjoying it. It's not the franchise for me, but I'm actually fascinated and curious by... I don't know, like something like Pokemon that continues to manage to reinvent itself and uh, sort of have new life and, um, you know, good for them. And a yeah. company like Capcom that sort of had a few weird years, they seem to have definitely bounced back with Resident Evil 7 and now Monster Hunter. Yeah, although they still stumble every now and then. Like I think uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite last summer was maybe a little bit of a stumble mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's interesting. The way that Capcom reports their numbers is interesting because like with Monster Hunter World, they're including sales of the PS4 and Xbox One versions, but then that Street Fighter 2 number that they report is just the SNES version of Street Fighter 2, like not the Genesis version. And you looked up the Genesis numbers, that's why. Yeah, they were much they were much lower, but still, they're the same game, right? Well, you, Street Fighter 2 had a big lead on Genesis, and then Genesis had like a, ch a championship edition that was different. Yeah, yeah. that's one I had. Did you try calling Mr. Capcom? I did, and Captain uh, Commando. <laughs> he, Captain Commando was he was just out to lunch, okay. uh, so I, I left. Just message. missed him. So I left a message. His hair. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's interesting, uh, but regardless, I think Monster Hunter World has definitely been a huge success. I, if you would ask me, whatever, three months ago, if Monster Hunter World would be Capcom's best-selling game ever, right out the gates, I would have found that hard to believe. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on, also this week, one of my favorite games of the past few years, Inside, is getting a special edition. Uh, the special edition is announced like two years after the game was out. The special edition will not be released until neck, early next year, which would be almost three years for the game. And the circumstances around the special edition are special indeed. It's being put together by IM8Bit, mm -hmm. which is, of course, well-known, like special edition Yeah, they make uh, a lot of video game soundtracks. They press them to vinyl, which is really cool. And they do a bunch of the limited edition, like they did the Street Fighter II the glow in the dark. cartridge yeah. that just came out, which is super cool. Yeah. So it's IM8Bit. And then they've partnered with uh, a company called Real Doll. And if you are at work right now, don't Google what Real Doll is. But Real Doll is a company that claims to make very hyper-realistic sex dolls. Which could be good for making a statue that could live in one of those games without spoiling it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know how spoilery we want to get with our... What do we think they're up to here? <laughs> well, so, yeah, I... I think I have a pretty good guess what this may be, but just so you guys, listeners know, if you haven't played Instead yet, we're going to talk a little bit about a big revelation towards the end of the game for just a moment. So, fair warning. But, you know, of course, uh, so we've all beaten Inside, right? Mm -hmm. We all know what happens there. Wait, do we know that it's Inside and not... What's the other game that's in it? Is well, it Limbo. Limbo but they're it. calling it the Inside Special Edition. It's in, okay. It comes with a Steam code for Limbo. Plus, what yes. else could it be? <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Inside the Box... Uh, inside the inside box. We know there's a, a PS4 disc for inside, mm -hmm. Steam codes for inside and limbo. And then they will not tell us they will not tell people what the what else is there. It's, did we mention it's $375? $375. And they're specifically saying Ooh, we will not tell you what's inside the box. Yeah. And this company makes real life-size dolls. So yeah. maybe we get a giant life-size uh, what do they call it? The huddle? 
The There's huddle? a name? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, cool. the yeah, huddle. Yeah, it's called the huddle. Oh, I haven't heard that. Okay, yeah, but you're talking about the, like the meat. That's a pretty cute name for Isn't what it, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, because it kind of is a huddle. Yeah, it's, it's like a bunch a big, of people. Yeah, it totally is. A huddle meaty up. mass yeah. of limbs. Right. Yeah. So we've been kind of beating around the bush. That's our best guess, yeah. is what would a real doll someone be making? And we think it's probably, I didn't know it was called the huddle, but yeah. the big meat pile from the end of inside. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Who <laughs> wants that in their house? Like, who has the space for that? Yeah, I don't. so we don't know exactly. How big is it? We don't know how big it is but they I have life size <laughs> i mean if it's I mean, from this company like that's life a specialty right <laughs> yeah it's it 375 dollars is it gonna weigh like 100 pounds well they've already said this you know they've, they've warned people that shipping costs may be high because this is going to be a what? weighty yeah. it's definitely some life-size thing oh yeah. boy if it's life-size it size has to be like a wedge that is going to be horrifying like yes the realistic skin and yep. like just meat texture and oh yeah. boy we got to get one in for review it's just us poking yeah. it over and over. <laughs> I uh, on the Daily Show last night they went to the uh, what's it called Real Doll uh, headquarters. Who, on the Daily Show. On the Daily Show, yeah, and it, it looks just like um, Westworld. It's like Ooh. you know just walls and walls of hands. Oh my gosh! You know, so creepy. like they didn't show anything like yeah. ex- especially explicit, but um, you can tell like if you went there and you thought like oh I need to make an inside monster. Uh, you, you could probably just like go with, go with a shopping cart and just yeah. like put all this stuff in and just melt it and you'd be, you'd be done. Probably a pretty good point. They'll just take their rejected parts yeah, that reject- didn't work one way or another and sort of glom <laughs> yeah. them together. And yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, there's a bit of a science to it. I, I went to their GDC talk last year and they were talking about how there's actually an optimal amount of limbs and like which limbs they incorporated just to get the physics of the thing like rolling in an appropriate way. Because it pushes so maybe itself, the, right? Yeah, it can't like yeah. snap a limb every time it moves. Yeah. So like they actually thought that out. Mm-hmm. So gross. Do you think they'll fit it with a speaker so you get the like creepy the moans? moaning? Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder. It, I was wondering. Does it? Make, I remember the game ending, but it does make noise the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Like Maybe if you roll groans. the thing, that's when it starts to moan. I I don't want this. Who wants this? That's the yeah. thing. That's the, like Maybe you could it has be, Siri built into it. You could think <laughs> Inside's your favorite game and still not want this yeah, in your house. Me. I love like, Inside, yeah. yeah. But no. No. First, you have to be a special kind of uh, fan to be willing to spend $375 for something you don't even know what it is. But even if it does turn out to be this, who still, you have to be even more special to want that, I think. I think you have to be an investor because this is the type of thing that makes for a collectible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants it. It's too expensive. It's for a game everybody loves. That is the perfect situation to have something to hold on to for 10 years. It's a perfect story. be worth a lot of money. Or like if you or want nothing. nightmares the rest or of your nothing. life. It could also be worth nothing. <laughs> It'll yeah, be, it I definitely mean, is worth nightmares. They're probably going to make like 100 of them, right? And it's just to get headlines and websites like IGN and get GameScoop to talk about it, right? It's definitely like, going to be a limited edition yeah, thing like, at yeah, 375. Extremely limited. Yeah. yeah. I liked um, Ryan McCaffrey's you know, crazy theory where this is all a publicity stunt to unveil its next game. Mm. Like, so they, they do ship this, they do ship this game early next year with this crazy thing in the box. And then also in the box is their next game. It's available now. Ooh. I could totally I like see it being idea. a fake out. Cause it's, yeah. it's sort of an obvious like answer that it would be this weird, creepy life size thing. But at the same time, why yeah. would they do that yeah. realistically? So I could totally see it being a fake out in the end. The thing that stands out to me is that there's every special edition comes with a statue in it. They all have these like crazy things. They're like complicated. Like they they did they did this partnership for either a like a practical reason or for a marketing reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And the marketing reason seems to have worked really well. Yeah. Except this, I I feel like the game's sales life has got to be near an end. It's almost two years old. It's on several platforms. Like who who out there is still like waiting to buy this game? You know. Yeah. Everyone who read that headline. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Think Geek always does April Fool's jokes, and then the most yeah. popular ones, they turn into real things, like the Tauntaun sleeping bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it strikes me maybe like something like that. Maybe maybe they, they, they're like, oh, well, now <laughs> this has been written up on every website under the sun. Um, yeah. They're a little bit more jazzed about the idea than they were when they floated it. <laughs> maybe someone pulled the April Fool's uh, trigger a little too early yeah, and like, oh, well, guess we got to stick to this. <laughs> now we're committed. <laughs> yeah. Well, the contents of the special edition will be revealed once the product ships, which is estimated to be in Q1 of 2019. So hopefully a year from now, we'll know what this thing is. Ryan got permission from Pear to buy one. There, well, there you go. So They go live. Pre-orders go live tomorrow morning, Thursday, March 8th at 7 a.m. Pacific. So if Ryan's not up at 7 a.m., he, he may miss out. Depending on how popular this, this thing's going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I've spent $375 on way dumber stuff. So Way dumber stuff? I want an example. Mm, is it a board game? <laughs> I don't, I've never spent that much on a single board game. Uh, last week, I'll think about it. Last week, Tina, Justin was telling me, telling us about, uh, he recently spent, what, $150? $130. On a board game that he's been playing religiously every night by himself. Yeah. Was it worth it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's my, that's it's my birthday present to myself. Aww. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna let anybody bring me down. Tom bought one. <laughs> Maybe it's someone's birthday tomorrow, and they want to buy themselves. I've gotten more tweets about that board game than like almost anything we discuss on this show. <laughs> Gloomhaven, man, it's the business. Shade. <laughs> Time to start board game scoop. Mm-hmm. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. Just like. Well, he says, I've been a weekly listener for over a year now. My name is Vince. My friends call me V, like the letter, and you can too. (laughs) I just turned 20, and I've been an avid Nintendo and PC gamer for most of my life. I always gravitated towards RPGs. Over the past two years, I started digging into the archives of the RPG genre and catching myself up on the classics. Earthbound, Legend of Zelda, a little bit controversial to call that an RPG, Chrono Trigger, and various Dragon Quests and Final Fantasies. Reaching back into this era has left me eager to dive into a genre that has always eluded me, the 2D platformer. When it comes to these games, I've always been below average. I was hoping the counselors over at Camp Goose could recommend games for a crash course to develop anything resembling skills in this vital slice of the gaming world. Uh, Camp Goose is an anagram for GameScoop. Just like... Mm -hmm. The Omega Cops. Mm-hmm. Omega what was Cops the, what was the well. board game scoop one that someone sent through? Uh, oh, I've already forgotten it. Co-op games? I don't remember. It was That's really good. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he's looking for games that will help him hone his skills in 2D platforming. Interesting. Skills? You don't need to have skills to be a good platformer. Well, he I, says he's below average. He um, struggles with them. I, uh, Honestly, you just need patience. With my SNES Classic, you know, I'm playing Mario World, playing some stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, like, I'm horrible at it now. And I don't know if I've just gotten worse or if it's because of my TV. Hmm. Bad at Mario World. So you don't think, like, the Mario games just in general are I good think, teachers of platformers? I think they teach you how to play the game by the very nature of what they are. If they're yeah. good games, and by the end of it, you'll be good at that game. I mean, I, They do I, scale really well, mm-hmm. at the very least, yeah. I'm always a little tripped up by people being like, what order should I you know, read this fantasy series or uh, you know, watch Star Wars? I'm like, watch them in the order they came out. Like, play the games <laughs> in the order they came out. Like, start with Mario 1, you know, work your way up to Mario World, and then, you know, new Super Mario Brothers. Like, that would be my advice. Yeah. You'll be but, really good at all games if you can beat Super Mario Brothers 1. That game's actually really hard. Uh, World 8's hard, yeah. You can get to World Eight. You can warp to World Eight, and then you and then <laughs> Eight Two is just super difficult. Eight Two is tough. Eight Three is really hard. Eight Four sucks. Sucks. Yeah, it's just it's just a terrible maze. The maze. I don't. I Fire never, maze. I don't. I don't know that I've ever beaten Mario One. 
Because I haven't, I haven't played totally it in probably possible. 15 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when Game Genie came out, right, when yeah. people you yeah, know, really true. needed it. I've been to 8.4 and then the maze. I was a kid and I just gave up. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about things like Spelunky and Rogue Legacy. Yeah. Mm. Because they're roguelikes, they're designed to be played you know, over and over and over again. You know, you start a run, you make it as far as you can, you die, and then you go back to the beginning and start over. So mm-hmm. I wonder if just like, getting that practice in. Yeah, I well, mean, it'd be good. Yeah, good. Uh, as someone who like likes the genre, but I have very, very, very little patience um, mm-hmm. for the because that's what you need. Like mm-hmm. you're just like trying and dying and trying and dying. That's sort of what platformers are ultimately. Um, so as someone who would like to be better at them, I, I yeah. find ones that have like other aspects to it that you can enjoy. So something with a little bit more humor, something that's lighter, something that has co-op. So like a Rayman Origins is super yeah. fun to play with that's another cool. friend. So it's kind of distracting in that sense. Uh, you control one another, and so it's a little bit easier to get into. Um, I loved playing like Battle Block Theater with friends too because it's comical and there are cats mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. There's cats involved. There's cats involved. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Scoop. <laughs> I think I reviewed that game and I think I underrated it. You reviewed bit. Battle Block Theater? Yeah, it might have been the last game I reviewed. That's you didn't like amazing. it? Uh, I mean, I gave it like a seven or something, but in hindsight, I think it's like actually really good, very good. You also reviewed Hearthstone. I did. That may have been the last game. I, I can't remember when Battle Block came out. Yeah. Uh, what about something like Limbo? Yeah. Because that's like. That's very short. easy. It doesn't limbo sure, a bit more cinematic. Sure. Yeah, it's like there's a lot. For me, yeah. it's more of like clambery than platforming. You don't like what? jump from platform to platform. Well, I think in the later you crawl around a yeah. lot and figure out. You yeah. can't really find where to go, so you're just kind of like probing the edges of the level a lot and, and like, like the doing yeah. weight pro- puzzles or something with a little bit more puzzles too, like like Fez. Just to think back oh, to that no, game Fez too. Is it's like good. yeah, Fez and you have the so whole great. visual element. So it's you know the, the turning around aspect is, adds a complication that's not necessarily the the platforms that are really hard to get. I mean, I would almost diversifies it. Yeah, something that's uh, uh, like even though it's a really hard game, like Meat Boy with its instant restart, and the levels yeah. are fairly short. And like, Celeste is the same way. Yeah. yeah, the instant restart's really nice to like think about. You know, if you really did want to hone your skills, but if you're just interested in platformers, like you know, some some of them you don't die in, so it's a lot more fun. Yeah, or or you can rewind time, like mm-hmm. uh, Braid. Braid. Yeah, Braid. Yeah. Or how um, about Mark and the Ninja with some stealth action? Oh, I love I love yeah. Mark and the Ninja. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I consider it a platformer as much as you know it's a stealth yeah. action game, but it's definitely two D and mm-hmm. lots of running and jumping for sure. Awesome. We uh, it eventually got too hard for my wife, but she really enjoyed N plus. Uh, N plus and N plus plus I think oh. has like nine hundred levels or something like that. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of like insane. you can play up to whatever. Like okay, like <laughs> it's too hard for me enough. now, but I've had my fill. And then once you get used to every platformer and you think they're great. Then play Bionic Commando, and they take away your jump button. What about Bionic Commando? You can only swing. Bionic Commando rearmed. Great. Yeah, rearmed is the one to play. Yeah. Although I think Bionic Commando holds up really well. You just sit there mashing your jump button at the edge of something. You're like, ah. (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't uh, suggest uh, Adventure Island too. We talked about Adventure Island. It's implied. (laughs) (laughs) It's assumed that they know they should play Adventure Island too. All right. This is Aaron Quinn. He has he has he has an issue with. The, the gaming audience in general. He says, I notice that more and more articles and people refer to the games you get with Xbox Live, Games with Gold, or PS Plus as free games monthly. Have people forgotten what free means? Mm. If I tell my friend he would get four to six free games a month if he has PS Plus or Gold, wouldn't said friend expect actual free games? If you ever stop paying for the sub, the games are gone. How is that free? Isn't that false advertising? You're merely renting a game. Shouldn't they be called games included with your subscription rather than free? Free games with gold is how we, we state it here. 
I think Aaron makes a good for point. gold for other stuff. Yeah, I, I think he's technically. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, well, you're false right. advertising would like lean into legal terms, and so in that sense, because they're just like wording loopholes, it's it's not false advertising, but it's totally misleading in that sense. Yeah, and I don't guess I don't know. Are we sure that uh, Sony and Microsoft actually use the term free, or is that just something that we do? I think we do. I think we do. Yeah, probably for legal reasons, they're careful not to use the term free. But I, you know, for me, I just consider, uh, you know, the fifty dollars. Is it fifty for each? Um, whatever. I mean, the the you know, fifty or so dollars you pay for each service is just not that it's nothing. No, but it's. But it's I don't I, think about it. So yeah, like I'm already kind of paying for it, and it's never crossed my mind to not pay for it or stop paying for it. So I absolutely take a shortcut in my mind to consider those games free. Like I don't know, people talk about. Uh, the free movies you get on like, you know, with Amazon Prime or whatever, but like you're still paying for Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's a really good analogy because you pay for Amazon Prime for shipping discounts, yeah. mainly probably. Yeah. And you, you we used to all pay for Xbox Live because it was the only way to play on Xbox Live. Yeah. But PlayStation yeah. was never that way. It always had free online service. So it's kind of well, weird this, to this generation. Well that's what started yeah. this whole thing is they softened the blow of hey, you're gonna have to pay for mm-hmm. PS plus now, but hey, we're gonna give you free games. Yeah. And then Microsoft jumped on board too. Yeah, so technically you're paying for the subscription service that comes along with these free games. For the server online gameplay, right? Yeah. So like they are additive, but they're definitely not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah, totally adds up. Yeah. It's, it ends up being a good deal. But you're right, Aaron. And I, I when I'm like talking about this month's PlayStation Plus games, I try not to call them free games. Might mess up every now and then. All right, finally, this is Dylan Barber from Gulf Breeze, Florida. Well, actually, I, I have a plug. Yeah. Okay. If you want to see the total value of mm-hmm. those games, we actually keep a running tally. It's uh, called, uh, if you just search Xbox uh, Games with Gold versus PSN games, mm-hmm. just just put versus in there, uh, you'll find our page on it. It's a wiki page. But it compares in columns like how much each of those games are worth per month. And then we tally them up yearly, and so you can actually see how much the value of those games are versus the So does it have the lifetime value of each service? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, It's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, Dylan Barber from Gulf Breeze, Florida. He says, longtime listener, first time writing in. I've been a gamer my whole life, beginning with the NES, never put it down. I grew up mainly playing sports games and platformers, so I was never exposed to RPGs. Mm. I discovered how incredible they were when I picked up Persona 4 Golden on the Vita a few years back. Couldn't get enough. I decided to stick with the developer of the game I loved, Atlas, so I bought some more of their games. I loved all of them, so I decided to start the huge task of collecting every game Atlas has published in North America. Oh, boy. After over three years, I finished the 270-plus game set last week, getting Amazing Tater on Game Boy. <laughs> you know, the, it, That's really cool. <laughs> sequel, sequel to Quirk. Oh, nice. Which was, Well, Quirk is a tomato. Yeah. So Amazing Tater is the potato <laughs> sequel. Yeah. All right. Good to know. He says it's not a cheap cartridge. I included pictures of the set for your viewing pleasure. I can share them with you, Sam. That's awesome. So here's a question for you. If you could have a complete library of any game company, developer, or publisher, mm. which would you choose? Keep up the awesome work. I thought about this long and hard before the show. All right. I didn't give it any and thought you, at all. But I don't need to start. <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you get, oh, like, uh, for me, I mean, it, it's absolutely Nintendo. But I'll keep it by, from not being boring by saying uh, they made toys going back ah. uh, years and years and years, and I'm really into those. And I think it's super cool. Uh, I've actually done a video with Chris Kohler from uh, Kotaku and Wired on uh, his collection of these older games, and he has some cool ones. He brought in like a little Nintendo-branded roulette uh, toy yep. that they would give out in Las Vegas to kids. everything seems cool about that they made dolls that look just like they could be in um in the 60s real real dolls (laughs) no they made little dolls that look like they could be in animal crossing today like they kept these designs over the years and i just think that's really neat but video game wise like yeah obviously like their library is is 
really interesting and I love all the games and I want I, I, I actually actively work towards completing that library. It will never happen. I was going to say Nintendo too, just because like they have such a storied history, which I guess a lot of the publishers do. But um, they also have like the really big, like fantastic, long um, shelf life experiences. But then like the wacky, random, experimental stuff, which we all forget um, about so much. I bet there's so such cool little one-offs that yeah, are so fun to find. Exactly. So Nintendo feels like a good one to mine. Like you, mm-hmm. you might get the most value for for your entire category. Mm. I have one game I'm missing on Virtual Boy. Only one. Which Only one? one? Nestor's Funky Bowling. Oh. If you have a lead, let me know. It's Nestor from like Howard and Nestor. Yes, it is. Nestor's actually in the game. Is he making the games? Is that going to be the bowling. only game he appears in? Right. As far as I know, that's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, Nestor's Funky Bowling. It's rare. <laughs> I even have the Japanese games. We should set up a tip line for people Just know for how to. Oh, we yeah. should not set up the Virtual Boy. No. No. Goodness gracious, no! Why would we do that? <laughs> uh, I would go with Treasure. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Explain. One of the most preeminent developers of action games and uh, shoot 'em ups in the '90s, starting on the uh, Genesis, I think, with like Gunstar Heroes, Dynamite Heady. Uh, they did Ikaruga and Radiant Silver Gun, the top-down shooters. Bongo on Dreamcast. They're just like really uh, excellent uh, action, like run and gun and and shoot 'em up games. Do they have some rarities too that are hard to? Yeah, I think so. Well, they did a Ronald McDonald game on uh, Genesis. That is amazing. Yeah. On Genesis? Yeah. And then they one, did a, I have a McDonald's game for NES called Mick Kids. They did a Tiny Toons game on Mick the is good. PS2. Uh, Kids. Well. Uh the last game was in 2014. Uh something on 3DS that I don't even think was released here. So oh, no. I'm not sure. But there have are, you seen that Tiny Toons game for wait, PS2? Is Treasure it's, still it's around? Interesting. They're still like according to their Wikipedia page, they're still in business, but like again, that they haven't put anything out in several years. Now I'm sad. I know. It's like, oh. what are they working on? They yeah. did um uh, Sin and Punishment, the, you know, back in the day on yeah. N64, and then the, the new one that on the Wii, which is really good, an yeah. on-rail shooter. Treasure. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, so, uh, like you two, the answer would be Nintendo, except, like, I can't think of any Nintendo game, like, I tell them all, you know, you like, all. I, I uh, all the ones that are important to me or that I care about, I don't feel like there's any that are particularly rare that are out of my reach that I wish I could play, but haven't already bought three or four times. What about, like, Tingle's Rosie Rupee Land? Yeah, sure. Or Shigeru Miyamoto's uh, unreleased game here, Demon World. Yeah, that's implied. There's tons obviously. of stuff. Uh, no, I'm not saying there's not really cool, like, deep cuts in Nintendo's library, but, you know, they're just generally pretty good you know virtual console in other mm-hmm. ways like their stuff is accessible um for pure value or just volume you can make a case for a company like ea you know just going wow. all the way back to you know 8-bit to modern days they're prolific release dozens of games every year well, yeah. uh, i wonder who's released the most games that's what i'm getting at who's the most future proof mm. most games it can be skewed now because of mobile and stuff. Yeah, and not counting like, mobile. The console games, I would say. But like Nintendo is older than everybody, so they've had a lot more time to build up the, that library. True. And I think they're probably up there. But like, I, I want to find that out. That's an interesting Activision was idea. the first third party. They were making Atari yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Activision you know, has like annualized franchises that they put so out every I- single year. Like everyone, you know, there's a lot of reasons to sort of hate on the Activision or EA of 2018, but like Activision also made Tony Hawk 2 and 3, you know, like there's a lot of really, really wonderful games in both their libraries. Obviously, EA has all the Mass Effects and KOTOR and everything, so I would maybe say that I would go with them instead of Nintendo. I already have the Nintendo games I want. Nobody picked Acclaim or THQ. I know, can you believe it? (laughs) They go back. Acclaim's gone now. Oh, LGN or LJN, LJN would be another good one too. They, they made uh, like exclusively movie games for the NES. NES, oh, yeah. Karate Kid, 
Friday the 13th. Total they, Recall. They did Predator. Gremlins? So bad. They probably did Gremlins, sure. Mm. Gremlins 2. I don't think there's a Gremlins 1 Gremlins game Gremlins 2, on it, yeah. That's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions, and our suggestion this week also comes from Dylan Barber in uh, Gulf Breeze, Florida. And, Tina, this is just regular round, regular 20 questions, except you're trying to guess a video game. Mm-hmm. Good thing I've never played 20 questions. Well, it's pretty simple. <laughs> yes or no questions to guess what game is in my head, and you have 20 of them. Let the questioning begin. Okay. Uh, does your character wear a hat? Uh, it is unclear if your character is wearing a hat. Like... By by the way the game is set up, it is unclear if you are wearing a hat. Did, did that, that question count? Yes. All right. Because it's not, I don't know, it's... We don't have to go in order, but we generally go in those clockwise. Okay. Uh, well, I have been told a good question is, did it come out before 2000? No. Um, was this on the Wii generation of, of systems? No. Is this game played from a first-person perspective? I think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be a first-person perspective. Why, why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> I'm not <Why>? doing anything. <laughs> I'm trying to And answer. that's why you can't see the hat. Well, that's what I asked. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe it's like a God game or something where a perspective is irrelevant or unclear. Or a first-person game. Well, if it was clearly first-person, it would have just been a yes, right? Did you have something well, in mind that you asked the hat question? No, I. No. Just always, I ask a silly, <laughs> silly question first every time. Is it saved us a few? Times. Wait, if you just asked, if if so, we know you don't have a hat. What, what do we know so far? You don't wear a hat. And it it's unclear if you wear a hat. It's unclear if you wear a hat. He says that it was released after two thousand and after the Wii generation. So or, or it could have been before Wii generation. It just wasn't okay, Wii generation. Sure, right, yeah, uh, and uh, and then it, it's uh, yes, supposedly, probably played in what Damon would consider a first-person perspective. Do you play okay. as one character or multiple characters? Well, please phrase that in a yes or no. Oh, uh, do you play as one character? Uh, yes. That's actually good to know. Uh, um, is this from the uh, Xbox uh, One era of consoles? Is it from the Xbox One era? So just current current generation? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm. That really okay. contemporary. Yeah. We got a time down. Uh, was this game made and developed in Japan? No. Uh, you go. I'm stumped. Is this a console exclusive? Okay. A no. platform exclusive. I didn't mean to say console. No. Okay. So cross cross platform. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Do you play online? Ooh, that's mm. a good question. I don't. Th- think so man there's all these like gray area answers yeah I well know. it's like i don't know well Absolutely. everything's sort of online now yeah i don't think you've i don't think well, there's like you're right online. tina there's a lot of gray area <laughs> answers <laughs> i don't think you play online okay okay do you shoot guns mm. <laughs> damon damon i don't think so uh, no i'm gonna say no that's 10. <laughs> is it hack ten ish? It's 10 ish. Um, oh, it are we only allowed to do up to 10 questions? It's no. no yeah. Okay, okay. So okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so we're at 10. Um, is it hack and slash? No. Genre? Um, and if we think it's first person, I don't even have. I'm it's not, supposed to be first person. Yeah, and you don't shoot. Uh, do you. I don't think do it's you, first person in a traditional sense. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so maybe it's a series that has go, been first person. We can go with genres, you know, like mm-hmm. you're, you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
It sounds like you can't see your character, though. Should we just go with like strategy and stuff like that? We're not going to. No, you can see your. Oh, (laughs) you can see your character because it's supposed to be first person, but that suggests that it's not. No, you can't see your character because he would know if the character had a hat. Oh, that's right. He has it. Okay. Deductive reasoning. (laughs) Yeah, the the hat's coming back around. Um, The hat was important. Is this? Does this have a realistic graphic style? No. Ooh, Mm, that's good. That is good. The the very flat no. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. What are stylized games that have come out this gen? That are that first are person-ish, cross-platform, and maybe a strategy type game, maybe just like an action game. We and, should. Well, and it's not. That. We glossed over not made in Japan, made in so presumably yeah, that's, made in America. That's interesting. Could be. I mean, or you know, Ubisoft, some French game or something. Yeah. And it's not console exclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm picturing like PS4 and Xbox One or PC games. I'm not really picturing Switch games. Should we mm-hmm. ask if it's a strategy game? I, 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 well, what strategy games have even come out? We can. I just, I'm not. I know that does like if he says yes, I'm like, well, <laughs> whoops. Um, is, uh, is this game part of a franchise? Is it part of a series? What? Those are two different questions. What's no, that? Yep. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I guess he's saying like, is this a licensed game versus this is is this have sequels? Are the two different ways uh, to go with mm. it? Is this part of a video game franchise? Yes, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good to have. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what bases we haven't covered. Oh, there's so many. At least nine questions worth. Right. <laughs> um, how about? Uh, I mean, we since we don't know the genre, that's going to be hard. Should what we just are guess some another big, one? big things we can? No, it's why? hard to say. There's, there's not no guns. You just don't maybe. think the genre will be helpful. I don't know why franchise and series are different. No, you just asked two different questions. You asked, is it part of a franchise and is it part of a series? Yeah, I see those as synonymous. I, I don't. How about this? Is it a spin? Is it a spinoff? Yes. Okay, so that's cool because it could be like Mario versus Rabbids. Or Ooh, like that. that's really good. So if we say the it's name, are you supposed to say yes or no? Yeah, but the name has to be the final. We can't guess the if game. You guess, guess the wrong, wrong game. Oh, okay. So you have, to have one, one chance to do that. Oh boy! All right. Game. So let's go down the path of Mario versus Rabbids. Well, yes, it can't be that because it wasn't. Well, it wasn't made in Japan, but it's well, not a multiple well, platform. Supposed to be first person shooter. Yeah, I mean first person. And you definitely wear a hat. And you do you do shoot weapons? So mm-hmm. And didn't you ask that. one about if you play as one character? Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely not that. And it was, and it was, was one character. You play as you play one, one character. character. A spin-off game yeah. with a weird graphic Boy. style, not Japanese, that's multi-platform. Yeah, I know. I feel like we've learned so much and so little at uh, the was same this, time. Was this well-received? Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you have in mind? 15. Uh, something in VR, maybe? Hmm. Like, um, Does that count as spinoff if it's like a VR game? Well, that's like why was, super hot yeah. VR would that's be a spinoff. Hot, yeah. I mean, any of Bethesda's would be a spinoff, right? Yeah. I don't, don't want to take us down to that track too much. But I'm just saying, like, there's there's a lot of spinoffs right now. Skyrim VR, Doom VFR, though you shoot guns in that one, right? Yeah. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, it's, it's weird that Super Hot does fit everything. But I, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think you see saying. yourself in a mirror in that game. I really? Think, I think you clearly don't wear a hat. You, do you see like a big polygon hat? <laughs> yeah, I think. I think you see your your <laughs> polygonal self. Plus, it can't be VR because then you are seeing in first person. He's saying it was supposed to be first person, so mm. theoretically, it's not. That's what's confusing is that I'm he was so confused he by was that. dithering about that. Yeah. But maybe VR is why dithering. Right. Mm. So it's yeah, supposed okay, to I, be because it's 
because it's on that platform. It's for is this a VR game? No. Okay. <laughs> That's the way to take care of it. There we go. <laughs> but we, it is risky because now we only got four left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Spinoffs of big series that are out with like weird graphics. Right. Spinoff now. Clue is so good, mm-hmm. and I can't like I can't get there. And I don't know the next one. Um. Does it matter if it's a licensed thing at this point, like if it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or not, or is that pretty clear that it's not? Down. Or we can just go by development studio. You know, that, was this Ubisoft something like that? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. We're not going to get it, so like we might <laughs> yeah. just run through <laughs> just these, run through these last questions. questions. Uh, well received. I mean, what were your favorite games that you know from the, this generation? I want to cover my own bases. I'm worried about one question. You guys are going to be mad about this. About the you asked, do you shoot guns? Right? Yeah. Uh huh. And I still stand by that. You do not shoot guns. Just I don't be clear. I don't it's like Mario that. versus Rabbids. <laughs> I, but that's not multi-platform. <clears throat> Is it? <laughs> what? It's not multi-platform for sure. Right? Yeah, the game we said no. Yeah. We asked. It's we, we asked. said it's a multi-platform game, and the answer was yes. And Mario vs. Rabbids is definitely not on. Yeah, anything it's only else. on the Switch. Yeah. But it could be XCOM. That's not a spinoff. Though. That's not a spinoff. Should we just ask if it's strategy after all of this time? Sure. Is this a strategy game? It's in the strategy wheelhouse. Oh, yes. boy. All right. There's a little bit more specific so it's, genre that this fits into. Yeah. So like Spin-off strategy game that wasn't initially a strategy game, supposed mm-hmm. to be first person. Like, is there a Final Fantasy spinoff? No, those are Japanese. Mm-hmm. Well, there was, like, the Dissidia fighting game. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah, but it's all Japanese. Um, yeah. Uh, what about Halo Wars? Ooh, Halo Wars 2. <laughs> spin-off strategy. That, that fits. Supposed to be first person. You don't shoot guns. I don't. I don't. I, I would absolutely vigorously argue that it's not first person, but it well, supposed to be would be like like would are fit you Halo. the commander? Yeah, in some that's always the question. With I them. think the conceit of Halo Wars Two actually is that you're in a simulation, reliving and refighting battles. Oh, really? Actually. I didn't play it, but that's I think so. So it would fit with the you play as one character. But, well, but it's not multi-platform unless Damon counts PC. Yeah, he's a sneaky <laughs> snake. Should we ask that as a question? <laughs> <laughs> Was this on Xbox One? Yes. Two questions. That actually makes it a little bit yeah. better because not you know not everything comes out for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Halo Wars seems like it fits. Yeah. Brian Malkowitz, right? what do you got for us? And I'm also <laughs> trying to come up with we got two yeah, questions. Yeah, we, we need left. a phone. We need to phone it in. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. We got two questions. Are you left. sure? I want one. Please that help. Helps us narrow in on Halo Wars two, and then the last one mm-hmm. has to be the game. Yeah, spinoffs are like we're missing some huge spinoff, and it's because I don't know why. I don't know why we're missing it. Yeah, I mean, you want right. to narrow it down so you wanna, to see if it is Halo Wars. So could right. we ask like, was Master Chief part is, of the franchise? Is it a sci-fi game? Yeah, that's mm. a good question. Is it a sci-fi game? Yes. Okay. Well, now I've I'm One. not I've I've uh, okay. Is it Halo Wars two? Nope. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, not Halo Wars two. Released in 2015. Mm-hmm. Came to mobile first. FTL? No, then it came to PC and Xbox One. It is Fallout Shelter. Oh. Um, Similar. Yeah, I mean, the graphics style. Supposed to be first person. You play as one character. It's considered a sim game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unrealistic graphic style. Yeah. I feel like we did a good game. We had a good game. Did we bring up Fallout? You mentioned, well, you mentioned Bethesda. Bethesda VR like, games, yeah. I said, yeah, because when yeah. we were thinking about VR. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. We were, th- we were, we were running and around actually, it. 
the Halo Wars 2 actually does fit a lot of the criteria yeah. they were going for. Yeah, maybe it was guess. Halo Wars 2. <laughs> maybe, yeah. you know maybe you're right, actually. We can't trust him. Like. <laughs> yeah. Dave's uh, just collating and like, changing the game on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, they're oh, getting close. Yeah. Swap it up. <laughs> Uh, no, a valiant effort, uh, but good suggestion. Dylan Barber from this Gulf Breeze, man. Florida. Uh, that is all the scoops we have for you this week. There's a Nintendo Direct tomorrow, uh, which will be uh, probably a few hours after you watch this video. And uh, shortly after the Direct, we will have coverage of that going up with uh, Philip and Pear, I believe. Is that right, Sam? Yep. We'll be breaking down all of the announcements. We know they're going to talk about Mario Tennis, uh, Detective Pikachu, but they've got some other surprises. And start for us as well. Tina, thank you so much for joining us. For, Thanks for uh, having me. Hopefully, the first of many. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Remember, thank you. you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. Now we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.